morning, everyone. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church, Santa Ana. Today we are going to worship our Lord. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Let us praise our God while we have breath. Let us do all we can to lift our voices and raise our hearts to worship our God. We are going to sing the great hymn, O for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, My Great Redeemer's Praise. This was written by a person who believed he was limited by only having one voice. And if only he had a thousand voices to praise his God, how much better life would be. And so now I invite you, if you're at home, if you'd like to stand up, if you have the hymn with you, let us join together in singing, O for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. Please be with us now during this worship service that we might experience your presence 
in a very new and real way. And may we leave this morning transformed because we have been here in worship. May your spirit work in our hearts and our minds so that we may be changed and transformed by the power of that same spirit. We pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Well, welcome again to First Presbyterian Church of Santa Ana. It's exciting to know that we are able to reach out and uh, be in relationship with so many people in so many places. I'm going to ask you to do something that we haven't done before. If you are watching today, even if you're watching later uh, this afternoon or uh, later this week, I'd like you, if you live in California, I'd like you to simply write in the comments what city you are in. If you are outside of the state of California, I'd like you to write down what state you are in in the comments uh, in our live feed right now. And if you are in a foreign country, in a different country, somewhere else in the world, I would invite you just to simply write down what country you are watching from. It's kind of exciting to know that the message of Jesus Christ is not limited to this place here in Santa Ana, but it is reaching beyond our borders. Uh, we are expanding our territories in very real ways for the kingdom of God, not for ourselves, but for the kingdom of God. Uh, we continue to reach out and touch uh, base with each other throughout the week. I have my morning coffees on uh, every morning at 10 uh, sorry, 9 o'clock in the morning from my home office. We also have check-in times via Zoom, Bible studies via Zoom. If you have any interest in connecting with us in those ways, please reach out, let us know. Um, private message us, use the connection card. If, we, if there are ways we can be praying for you, use the connection card in our, our, on our Facebook page. We would love to connect with you. Um, just a reminder, we sent out a survey last week. Uh, I think it was on Monday. I sent a survey out asking about people and how they're feeling about returning to our church property and uh, having our worship services here on campus and inviting people to come. And so... Uh, we would love to have you fill those out. We'd like to have those done by the end of June. So if you have not filled those out, uh, somebody will be calling you in a few weeks. So if you want to avoid getting called, fill them out. <laughs> it's online. It's super easy. It shouldn't take more than five or ten minutes uh, to get that done. So we would really appreciate for you to do that. And again, we want to thank everyone for continued support of the church. We are so grateful for the financial support that we receive from you, whether it is through the giving uh, link that is on our Facebook page and on our website. Remember, our website's always there too. FPCSA.org uh, is available anytime to check out to see what the church is up to. And uh, we're grateful for that. We're also receiving checks in the mail. And so we are so thankful for your continued support of the ministry here uh, in Santa Ana in the heart of Orange County. Uh, there is so much ministry going on here. We are continued to do so. And I'm grateful for our deacons this past week uh, as they went out and took care packages to some of our older adults who've been kind of isolated by this COVID-19, just to let them know how much we love them and appreciate them. And uh, again, if you have concerns for anyone in our congregation or beyond our congregation, uh, contact us and let us know. 
We're now going to receive the offering of the morning, and uh, this is a great song expressing um, the reckless love of Jesus Christ for us and God for us. And so Kyle Short will be leading us in this song. Kyle.
who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. We're going to sing together. going to sing together an old praise song, uh, probably one of the first ones, called Pass It On. And so uh, this comes back, it's all the way back to 1969. So, um, so those of you who are moldy oldies out there can enjoy <laughs> as we sing this great song of evangelism together.
started a new sermon series based on the idea that people are frustrated that the churches have been closed and they want the churches to reopen and my idea is that the church is never closed. The churches have remained open because the church was never meant to be confined to four walls and a ceiling and a roof. The church was meant to spill into the streets to be the presence of God here on the, the earth. And so we're going to be talking more and more about that throughout the summer. What does it look like to be the church, especially during this time of coronavirus and stay-at-home orders? And so uh, this morning, I want to focus on the Great Commission. At the end of his life, after he has been resurrected from the dead, Jesus meets with his disciples on several occasions. And at the end of Matthew, Matthew writes this. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. Even to the end of the earth. Uh, that's one reason I asked for you to fill out. I'm going to walk over here to my uh, laptop to see if, somebody is, if anybody has filled in places 
So we have Garden Grove, we have Irvine, we have the Bay Area, uh, we have Los Gatos or Campbell, we have Orange, Carson, California. Ah, I see somebody from Colombia. Wonder who that might be. Uh, and that's about it right now. So again, if you are from another place uh, or wherever you are, please write in the thread. Let us know that you're uh, watching us this morning in live stream and we'll kind of highlight that as we go. Um, give a shout out for where you are watching so we have an idea of some of the areas we are um, connecting with on this live stream. So this is what we call the Great Commission. Um, this was kind of the final statement that Jesus gave to his disciples before he was raised into heaven. It is something that we hold dear. It is what we consider to be Christ's final commissioning to the disciples and to us. We hold this to be of highest importance in our lives. So first and foremost, we go back to who was it that gave this commission to us? And the who is Jesus Christ. He begins even by saying, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, Jesus is our authority. Jesus is the one who has commissioned us. Just as we were talking about last week, that the church is founded on Jesus Christ. So the church is also sent by Jesus Christ. We are commissioned by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the reason we're here. And Jesus Christ is the reason we live and breathe and have our being. Jesus Christ is the reason that we get out of bed every morning and move into uh, the world. So remember that Jesus Christ is uh, the one who has sent us. And I love it <laughs> that the beginning of this commission is go. <laughs> it's go. Um, it is not, as we might suspect, huddle up, gather together and worship God. That's not what Jesus says. Jesus says, come and gather together. Jesus, he doesn't say that. He says, go, go. Um, now, that doesn't mean we should neglect gathering together for worship. Hebrews reminds us that uh, we should continue to go or continue to gather together to worship. But in the Great Commission, Jesus says, go. It reminds me of the passage that Paul writes to the, um, or says to the Ephesians in the book of Acts, when he says, how then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? Just as, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good things. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We in fact have that written on a little plaque in the back of our pulpit, just to remind the pastors and the preachers that they have beautiful feet Actually, that's not why. But we, bring, we are meant to bring good news. And uh, that means that we appreciate those who bring that good news. So where are we to go? 
Well, according to Acts 1.8, the other story about Jesus' ascension, Jesus says, you are to go to Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth. So from that, we understand that we start local, we move to regional, and then we go global. Got that? Local, regional, global. For a church and for us here in Santa Ana, we start with our city of Santa Ana. That's our Jerusalem. And we want to focus on Santa Ana. We recognize that Santa Ana is a bit of a mission field. Santa Ana, 78% Hispanic population, 78% Spanish-speaking population. We recognize it's a mission field here. We can share the good news of Jesus Christ with the people in this area. There is a high population of homeless people here in Santa Ana. We can reach out to them and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. There are a lot of people. This city is fairly big. It's considered to be the 51st largest city in the United States. Didn't quite make the 50, uh, top 50, but we're the 51st. It's a large size city. And there are lots of opportunities for us to share the good news with the people, with our neighbors here. And then we think regional, all of Southern California, the areas around us, how can we reach out to people in those areas? And then of course we go global. And we've had ministries and missions that have gone to uh, Mexico. We've had ministries that have gone to Kenya. We've had ministries that have gone to Korea. We have ministries that are going global as well. Um, and then for us as individuals, we have to think of this great commission, not just to the church as a corporate body, but to us as individuals. So who's your Jerusalem? We think of our family and our friends, our close friends that we see on a regular basis. Then we look a little beyond. What are our acquaintances? Who are the people that we see uh, at other places? Now, I know currently in the COVID-19 era, this becomes more and more difficult, but how are you uh, showing the love of God and expressing your faith to people at Trader Joe's or at uh, the grocery store or even your um, Amazon delivery person or something like that? How can you reach out and share God's love with them? So be thinking about those ideas. And then what does Jesus say? He says, go and make disciples. Make disciples. So that begins with preaching the good news, letting people know what it means to become disciples. A disciple is a follower, a someone who is learning from uh, the teacher. And the teacher, of course, is Jesus Christ. So how are we making disciples? How are we bringing people to Jesus Christ? How are we introducing people to Jesus Christ? How are we preaching the gospel to them, the good news that God loves us? but we are separated from God because of our sinfulness. Uh, all people have sinned, all people are imperfect. It is hard for imperfection to enter into the presence of perfection because that would cause the perfect to become imperfect. And so God cannot allow imperfection in his presence. So how can we step into the presence of holy, pure God only? Through death, when we die, we, uh, that is the consequence of sin. The consequence of sin is death. And so through Jesus Christ, who came, who lived a perfect life, who was sinless, he took our sin upon himself. 
and so was able to uh, be our substitute, the theological word propitiation for us so that we might be able to enter into God's presence. So what do we need to do? We need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, accepting him into our hearts. That makes us his disciples. We begin to follow Jesus Christ. We believe in Jesus Christ. If you don't know any other verse in all of the Bible, I hope you know one verse, and that is John 3.16. That is the gospel in a nutshell. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. That is the step to eternal life, the step to a right relationship with God. And so, sisters and brothers, I, I just want to urge you, do not neglect to share your faith with other people. This past week, I was doing in the, uh, the morning coffee with Pastor Lance. I was talking about Ezekiel, and in Ezekiel 3, God speaks to Ezekiel and says, uh, you go and you speak to someone and tell them of their sinfulness and call them to repentance. When you go and speak to that person and that person continues in their sinfulness and dies in their sinfulness, they are responsible for their own blood. But if you go and you do not speak to them, if you do not tell them about their sinfulness and they die in their sinfulness, they are responsible for their own blood, but you are responsible for their blood as well. That's why Paul tells the Ephesians uh, that I am innocent of all people's blood because he knew that he had proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ to everyone he met. And so no one had uh, opportunity to say, oh, you should have told me. So who is that person that God is calling you to talk to? Who's that person that God is saying, you need to share the good news of Jesus Christ with that person? I know for anybody who's listening right now, a face came to your mind, a person's name came to your mind. That's not me talking. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is leading you to talk to someone. So I want to encourage you to go and make disciples. That may be a phone call. That may be a video chat. That may be a letter. Hey, I just want to let you know I love you. I'm concerned about your, uh, your relationship with God. So make that, take that opportunity. Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. All nations. Todo. All. Uh, I love the fact that in the Greek, the word for nations is ethne. It comes from the Greek word ethnos. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> it should. In English, it's where we get the word ethnicity. So when I was young and I heard this great commission, I always thought that it meant nations. It meant other countries. It meant going across the seas and preaching the gospel to people of different countries. But the Greek ethnos seems to indicate that we are meant to talk to people from, from different countries, from all countries. And what a blessing that is for us. Here at First Presbyterian Church in Santa Ana, we believe 
that we are called to be intentional, intercultural, intergenerational family of God. What that means, intergenerational and intercultural, is different from being multi-ethnic, multicultural. There are lots of churches that are multi-ethnic, multicultural, but intercultural is taking a greater sense of value and appreciation from people from different cultures. Why is this important to us? Because we believe that when we limit our interaction to one culture or one ethnicity, we limit God's image and our understanding of God's image. And so we limit our understanding of who God is. When we start to meet people from other cultures and other uh, ethnic groups, we start to celebrate and our, our view of the image of God that is in every human being begins to expand. And as our, our understanding of the image of God expands, then our understanding of who God is expands. And not only that, but other people from other ethnicities and other cultures express their worship and praise in different ways. And so we are able to expand our understanding of what it means and what it looks like to praise God. So that's why we celebrate and we are intentional in being intercultural, intergenerational. Jesus goes on to say, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Baptism is a symbol of being brought into the family of God as being marked as a child of God. That's one of the great um, senses of, of, of honor that we have when we are baptized into the family of God. We feel that we have entered into the family. Um, we become a son or a daughter of God the Father. Jesus Christ becomes our brother, and we become brothers and sisters of one another. And so that Jesus is commissioning us to go and bring people in to the family, creating new brothers and sisters. And then Jesus goes on to say, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded. This, I think, is an area where the American church is lacking our sense of helping people to grow in their faith, teaching them to obey everything that Jesus commanded. And notice that it says everything. <laughs> we've, we've kind of started to go to what we call a salad bar theology, where uh, we kind of pick and choose what we like from the Bible and we skip everything else. Now, even some people will say, oh yeah, I, I listen to Jesus' teachings, but I, the rest of the Bible is kind of, yeah, it's a little tough. You know, we kind of treat it like a salad bar. I, I, I like this and I like this. I don't really like this part. That one tastes a little bad to me. But some of those things that taste bad are actually good for our system, right? <laughs> Maybe flush out our spiritual system. So Jesus said, I have not come to do away with the scriptures. I have come to fulfill the scriptures. So if Jesus came to fulfill the scriptures, then we must look at all of scripture. And one of my favorite sayings from the uh, Re Reformation is that Scripture interprets Scripture. So we don't just pick something and say, this is the truth. We say, well, how does this sit in light of other Scriptures? 
So it helps us to understand some scriptures that are a little confusing at times. We have to look in light of other scriptures, teaching them to obey everything that God has commanded. Paul, in his uh, book, uh, mentions at one point that some people have become like spiritual infants um, and they're still drinking spiritual milk. Those are the easy things. God loves you. God wants you to love him. God wants you to love your neighbor. That's all spiritual milk. Uh, and, and Paul says, by now you should have been eating spiritual meat. You should have been talking about some of the deeper aspects of faith. And so the idea is becoming more mature, becoming an adult in your spiritual walk. It has nothing to do with your physical age. It has everything to do with your spiritual age. Not chronological but maturity. That's why Paul writes to the Colossians and says, we want to present everyone mature in Christ so that we're young adults in Christ. And then Jesus finishes up the Great Commission by saying, I am with you always. So he starts with, all authority has been given to me. This is who is sending you out. And then he says, but don't worry I, who sent you, will be with you every step of the way. Uh, that's why it's a, we call it the Great Commission. Co-mission. You know, when you have two people who are chairing a committee, we call them co-chairs. Or co-pastors. Two pastors uh, pastoring together in a church. This is a co-mission. That means we are partners in mission. With whom? We are partners in mission with Jesus Christ. We are partners in mission with one another. And so that is why we call it the Great Commission. Um, I want to point something out. We do not call this the Great Suggestion. This is We call it the Great Commission because we are commissioned to do this. This is our job. This is our purpose. This is what we are here on earth to do. To go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them into the family of God and teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has taught us. Now today, if Jesus were here uh, during the COVID-19, he might not say, uh, go into Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth because we have to stay at home. But he might say, therefore, go onto Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp and to the very ends of Twitter. Okay, maybe he wouldn't say that, but maybe he would. I recognize that one of the benefits of this stay-at-home time has been that we have actually begun to reach more and more people beyond our walls. We're reaching out to more people. Let me check one more time to see if there's any other... I don't see any other places marked here. Okay. But we are reaching out. In fact, there's a group of uh, who are in Mexico City that, um, that come and listen to our sermons here. So I want to say hello. I have friends in Alabama that uh, watch on, uh, on our Facebook Live. I think they do it after... Um, I have family in Illinois that watches in the afternoon. So we're reaching out beyond our walls. 
Last Sunday, we had over 150 people watch our uh, online service last Sunday. On Resurrection Sunday, what we call Easter Sunday, we had 650 people watch our service. Now here's the thing. Our Hispanic ministry also um, uploads a sermon every week, usually Saturday night, and our Hispanic members watch that on Facebook Live. Um, or not live, but Facebook. Last Sunday, I checked the statistics to see about Pastor Hazael's sermon. Now, I want you to remember, my Easter sermon reached 650 people. Pastor Hazael's sermon last Sunday reached 2,099 people. 2,099, almost 2,100 people. Probably by today, it's 2,100 people. So why did he reach so many? I was a little envious when I saw that. I, I thought, how is he scoring so many people watching and I'm not? He's speaking in Spanish and this is an English Facebook page. And, uh, but what I found out, what I came to realize was that 12 people had shared his sermon on their Facebook page. And so by doing that, that meant everyone on their Facebook pages could watch. So I want to encourage you, if you have seen a sermon that you really liked, that really hit home, share it. Share it on your Facebook page. If there was a morning coffee that really struck you and you said, gosh, that was really good. They're like five to seven minutes. Or if you're Carlos, they go 12 or 15. But <laughs> We're working with them on that. But share it. Those shares mean a lot more people can see it. Um, one of our members let me know this past week that she's inviting a lot of her friends to watch the morning coffee. And do tell, we're getting more and more people watching that. I know someone in the Bay Area that sets up a what they call a watch party on Facebook. And so they watch it at the same time together and then they interact afterwards and say, well, how did it hit you this morning? Wow, what a great way of reaching out, of going, even though you're at home. Um, if you're reading the Bible on a regular basis, which I hope you are, I would recommend maybe posting a verse, maybe just once a week. This verse really hit me this week. Post that on your Facebook page or find a meme and post it on your Instagram. That's two benefits. One, you're kind of sharing God's word with your friends. And two, you're having to think about what verse connects for you. I mean, I don't know if you're anything like me, but sometimes I read a passage of scripture in my devotional time and I'll get to the bottom of the page and go, I have no idea what I just read. <laughs> you ever feel that way? So I want to encourage you to, uh, to share Bible verses that mean something. And then call people. Reach out to people that you love. Friends, acquaintances. Uh, I had a great conversation with one of our members. I haven't talked to him for a little while. Yesterday, we just had a great time connecting. Call people, talk to them, and, and share what God is doing in your life. That's one of the first ways that we can reach out to share. So here's the thing. God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son. That's in the past. The present is this. 
God so loved the world that he sent his one and only church that whoever believes in Jesus Christ might have eternal life. Sisters and brothers, we're not commissioned to stay. We are commissioned to go. In response to God's word to us, we're going to sing the hymn, You Have What. I had it and then I forgot. Lord, you give the great commission, and that's hymn number 429. Hopefully you received that in our email uh, yesterday. And uh, if you're at home and would like to stand while we sing this, I encourage you to do that. Let's sing hymn number 429 together.
as God's people called to love one another. Let us pray for the needs of the church, the whole human family, and all the world, saying, Hear our prayer. That the churches of all traditions may discover their unity in Christ and exercise their gifts in service of all. We pray to you, O God. Hear our prayer. That the earth may be freed from war, famine, and disease, COVID-19, and the air, soil, and waters cleanse the poison. We pray to you, O God. Hear our prayer. That those who govern and maintain peace in every land may exercise their power in obedience to your commands. We pray to you, O God. Hear our prayer. That you will strengthen this nation to pursue just priorities so that your diversified people may be reconciled, the young educated, the old cared for, the hungry filled, the homeless housed, and the sick comforted and healed. We pray to you, O God. Hear our prayer. That you will preserve all who live and work in this city in peace and safety. We pray to you, O God. Hear our prayer. That you will comfort and empower those who face any difficulty or trial, especially Scott Duncan, diagnosed with deep vein thrombosis and possibly need of surgery, and Karen Sitton, as well as the disabled, the poor, the oppressed, those who grieve and those in prison. We pray to you, O God, hear our prayer. That you will bless and prosper your church, First Presbyterian Church, Santa Ana, your families, especially Anthony and Allison Hurd, as they expect their baby soon, and your people in it, we pray to you, O God, hear our hear prayer. prayer. That you will accept our thanksgiving for all, ser- all faithful servants of Christ now at rest, who, with us, await a new heaven and a new earth, your everlasting kingdom. We pray to you, O God, hear our hear prayer. prayer. Merciful God, as a potter fashions a vessel from humble clay, you form us into a new creation, shape us day by day through the cross of Christ your Son, and help us to go and spread your good news to the ends of the earth, making disciples as you have commanded us. Through Jesus Christ, and in the mystery of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.
Jesus Christ commissioned his disciples, and he commissioned us as all, also. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. And lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the earth. May his words ring true to disciples everywhere in every time every place. And now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace, shalom, wholeness, fullness of life, both now and forevermore.